talking and I'm not and I'm just <laughs> And then I'm talking <laughs> No, but wait, wait, I have something for him. Boom, you get shot down. Now you're just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales Podcast. Concentrate on the Wow. <laughs> FY does nothing wrong. Welcome everybody to a special episode of the Weird History and Eerie Tales podcast. I am your host Moses Sori and today I am bringing you the first of our mini episode series. We were actually going to start dropping these after episode 45, All Things Torture. But due to technical difficulties over here at the Weird and Eerie Camp, I decided to drop it ahead of schedule instead of leaving you guys and gals an extra week with no content. So the point of these mini episodes are going to be to either add information that we thought was interesting but didn't really fit the previous episode's direction, be a build-up to an episode, or simply just talking about a topic where there's not enough information to cover an hour's worth of an episode. We've been trying to have this show turn into a weekly thing, but due to everyone's hectic schedules, we haven't managed to do that just yet. But these mini episodes are going to come at you guys in between our bi-weekly ones, And sometimes it's going to be all of us, maybe just two of us, or like today, just one of us. So with that being said, today's episode is going to be a small little build-up, a cock tease, if you will, to episode 45, All Things Torture. In episode 45, we covered torture techniques and cases from around the world, whether it's Japan, South America, or medieval Europe. But while doing research for medieval Europe, I stumbled upon something called the Tower of London, which you'll come to find out after listening to this episode was a fucking bastard of a tower. So I hope you guys sit back and enjoy our very first mini episode. So the Tower of London, officially known as Her Majesty's Royal Palace and the Fortress of the Tower of London, is a historic castle located in central London. The White Tower is the central tower at the Tower of London and the reason, you know, behind its namesake. The Tower of London was hated by the people of London as it was a symbol of oppression. The castle was used as a prison starting from the 1100s to as recent as 1952, even though that wasn't its primary purpose as it served as a royal residence. The tower has also been used as an armory, a treasury, a menagerie, which was a fancy word for an exotic zoo the home of the Royal Mint, a public records office, and the home of the Crown Jewels of England. The tower's peak period use as a prison was during the 16th and 17th century, and this is where we're going to focus most of this episode's attention on, specifically six cases of those who were tortured in the Tower of London and an English writer, poet, and Protestant who was tortured at the Tower of London and later burned at the stake for heresy. So the role as a prison evolved to make it the ideal site for anyone, including members of royalty, the king deemed a threat. Torture was used as a means of having political prisoners to give up information with one such torture called Little Ease. So Little Ease was a windowless cell that measured four square feet, and its effect was simple. Little Ease's psychological torture was almost as bad as its physical as the prisoner within Little Ease cannot stand, nor sit, nor lie down, but was forced to crouch over in increasing agony, slowly suffocating within its dark space. 
Today, no one knows exactly where Little Ease was located. One theory says that it was located in the dungeon of the White Tower, while another says in the basement of an older tower. Regardless, no visitor is able to see it today, as it's believed to have been torn down or walled up long ago. But over and over again, names pop up in state papers of those confined to Little Ease, such as on May 3rd, 1555, Stephen Haps for his lewd behavior and obstinacy committed this day to the tower to remain in Little Ease for two or three days till he may be further examined. And another. January 10th, 1591. Richard Topcliffe is to be examined in the tower of George Beasley, seminary priest, and Robert Humberson, his companion. And if you shall see good cause by their obstinate refusal to declare the truth of such things as shall be laid to their charge in Her Majesty's behalf, then shall you, by authority hereof, commit them to the prison called Little Ease until proceedings are certified. Another instrument of horror was called the rack, and the rack was the most widely used instrument of torture designed to stretch the victim's body, eventually dislocating the limbs and ripping them from their sockets. A victim of the rack was often left with permanent physical disability. For example, because of injuries suffered after being racked up, not one, not two, but three times a Jesuit priest named Edmund Campion, was unable to raise his hand to swear during his trial. At the tower, though, it was also known as the Duke of Exeter's daughter, as it was falsely, of course, claimed to be the invention of a constable of the tower. So at first, the prisoner was shown the rack, and then questioned, and only if the prisoner refused to answer, then the rack was used. And then lastly, we, had, we have the manacles. So believe it or not, this instrument of torture was invented after a public outcry of the rack being too torturous of a thing. Yo, how bad must a thing be where its sole purpose to create pain was deemed too good? Like what? So anyways, Richard Topcliffe came to the rescue and gave the people what they wanted, the gauntlets or the manacles, as this was considered to be a lesser form of torture. Unless, you know, you were, of course, being the one being tortured. As the manacles were when you would be hung by your wrists from a post, sometimes with your arms even being bent back. Here is um, John Gerard, another Jesuit priest, describing being hung by the manacles. Such a gripping pain came over me. It was worse than my chest and belly my hands and arms. All the blood in my body seemed to rush up into my arms and hands, and I thought that blood was oozing from the pores of my skin. But it was only a but it was only a sensation caused by my flesh swelling above the irons, holding them. The pain was so intense that I thought I could not possibly endure it. So Jared remained hanging for several hours and was only taken down after fainting. But as soon as he came, as soon as he was awake, he was immediately fucking put back and suspended again. This continued until after five o'clock when everyone's like, fuck it, our shift's over. And he was eventually returned to his cell. But to Jared's credit, he never broke and maintained his refusal to answer any questions. So shout out to Jared for, you know, being a real one because, you know, 
I would have started pointing fingers left and right and just been just would have been on trial or just just I just would have been like, yes, your honor. It was him and pointed at whoever I could as to not get punished. So earlier in the episode, I mentioned a few things we were going to be focusing on as the topic of this mini episode with a small list of important prisoners that were detained and tortured in the Tower of London being one of them starting with Anne Boleyn. So Anne had the unfortunate and ironic privilege of twice being a resident of the Tower of London, once as a queen-in-waiting and then as a prisoner. Anne was the second wife of Henry VIII, whom she married in 1533, and actually held the title of Queen of England for almost three years. But her unfortunate luck of being unable to give the king a male heir led to her basically undoing, as well as accusations of infidelity with her own brother. I'm getting Game of Thrones vibes here. So in May 1536, she was accused of seducing the king into a cursed marriage and then treason. Rumors have it that she agreed to the accusations after only mere moments on the rack. Eventually tried and found guilty, she was beheaded on May 19, 1536. Six years later, though, Henry's fifth wife would meet an almost identical fate and was executed in 1542. Then we have Guy Fawkes, who was a soldier and a revolutionary who was imprisoned in the Tower of London for his involvement in the notorious gunpowder plot, which was an assassination attempt against King James I. So after renting the storage room beneath the Westminster Palace, Fox and his group of cohorts or accomplices, they packed the cellar with 35 barrels of gunpowder, which they were going to detonate on November 5th, 1605. So Guy was ready to blow this motherfucker up, but their whole plot was ruined after an anonymous letter led the cops to search the cellar, leading to Fox getting captured after he was found guarding the fucking door. So Fox was then sent to the tower and was confined to the little ease I mentioned earlier. After following intensive torture, Fox gave the names of the other men involved, which same (laughs) after being felt guilty of treason he was condemned to be hanged drawn and then fucking quartered but he avoided his gruesome punishment by telling everyone to suck his dick from the back by throwing himself from the gallows and breaking his own neck next we have lady jane gray So if you're like me and you've ever complained about having a bad week, thank the fucking stars it wasn't as bad as Lady Jane Grey's, who went from being ruler of England to a prisoner in the Tower of London in a little more than a fucking week. Yikes. So Lady Grey, she was a teenager when she became Queen of England after her cousin Edward VI died without a male heir. Edward chose Jane as his successor, so the crown, you know, remained a Protestant one. Unfortunately, of course, her reign would only last nine days after a large band of supporters and the royal government switched their allegiance and declared another Queen of England. 
forcing our poor Jane to give up the crown. She was then taken prisoner and quickly tried and found guilty of treason, but was quickly pardoned by Queen Mary I, the fucking woman who dethroned her in 1553. But to keep things consistent with Lady Jane Grey's shit luck, on January 1554, not even a year later, her father was caught leading a Protestant rebellion, making the royal government to proceed with their original death sentence for Lady Jane Grey. And she was fucking beheaded on February 12th, 1554 because of her fucking dad. Now that is a fucking shit week. So before I end this episode, let's talk about Anne Askew, the English poet that I mentioned in the beginning of the episode. So Anne Askew was born in 1521 to a wealthy family and was well-educated, eventually becoming a Protestant at a very young age. The only problem was, around this time, Henry VIII made himself head of the Church of England and didn't really like Protestants, kind of going as far as, you know, killing them? So when Anne was 15, her older sister Martha, she died, but died while having been engaged to a landowner. So with one daughter down, the next one was up, and Anne's father made Anne marry this landowner, Thomas Kime. Unfortunately for Anne, her husband was a Catholic and refused to accept Anne's Protestant beliefs, resulting in their marriage not being a happy one. Eventually, Anne was thrown out by her husband and she moved to London where she met other Protestants where they held meetings you know, to study the Bible, eventually, eventually being arrested where her husband was forced to take her back. However, she escaped from him and returned to fucking London where she just resumed preaching but then was arrested a second time in March 1546 and then released. But in May of the same year, a few months later, she was arrested and sent to the Tower of London to be tortured in hopes of forcing her to give away the name of other Protestant women who were preaching, but and refused to give up and talk to them, which I probably couldn't relate. So almost a month after Anne had been tortured, her limbs were completely broken and lifeless, leaving her weak and teetering on the edge of death. She was left in a prison cell to await her death, all the while dealing with excruciating pain. People across England, especially, you know, her fellow Protestants, they were pissed and rightly so by her treatment, but nothing could really be done. Everyone knew that Anne would die by burning, which was, you know, the most common form of death for religious heretics. An example, Joan of Arc which you can learn more about on our episode 39, Gilded Race Part 2, The Maid of Orleans. So the burning of the stake as it was, it was meant to cleanse the person's body and basically renew them, which could be seen as some sort of like perverted, twisted way of showing kindness to the heretic soul, I think. But Anne could not walk to her execution. She had to be carried in a chair by the guards of the tower, where she was then placed on a small wooden seat and then tied up. 
Anne was not alone, though, as she was accompanied by three other Protestants. They were all secured on different stakes, and Anne Askew was martyred on July 16, 1546, in Smithfield, London, where she died courageously, and after her death, she was, and is, still to this day, remembered as a heroine. And here is a snippet from actual recorded records from Anne's burning. Then Lord Chancellor sent to Anne skew letters offering to her king's pardon if she would recant, who, refusing once to look upon them, made this answer again, that she came not to deny her lord and master. Then were the letters likewise offered unto the others, who in line manner, following the constancy of the woman, denied not only to receive them, but also to look upon them. Whereupon the Lord, commanding fire to be put unto them, cried in a loud voice, Fire, justicia! And thus the good Anna Skew, with these blessed martyrs being troubled so many manners of ways, and having passed through so many torments, having now ended the long course of her agonies, being enveloped with flames of fire, as a blessed sacrifice unto God, she slept in the Lord, leaving behind her singular example of Christian constancy for all men to follow. And that concludes this mini episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as we're going to keep cranking these out for you guys in between our bi-weekly episodes. But don't worry, the rest of the guys will be back on Monday with episode 45, All Things Torture, where we talk about, well, <laughs> all things torture. But thank you guys so, so much. You guys are the fucking best. But if you guys could... If you guys could, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps us out and helps a small show like ours gain traction and grow. Also, you guys can always follow us on Instagram at Weird History Eretails Pod. Again, Weird History Eretails Pod. And with that being said, thank you guys so much. And as always, we are the Weird History Eretails Podcast.